Hey, it's Candia Raquel, founder <laughs> of Centro de Poder. Welcome to the Sensual Sessions, the place to be to explore sensing pleasure with your senses and expressing completely free from inhibition. And today we have a very special guest. This is Paul Wu Lee, and he is a Feldenkrais practitioner. He's a dance artist, an extraordinary person. So welcome, Paul. So happy to thank have you, you here. Thank you. So tell I'm us- I'm so happy for the invitation. Yes, I'm so happy <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your background. When, when you discovered you wanted to, to study awareness through the Feldenkrais method? Uh, well, Feldenkrais saved my life literally when I had a neck injury. Um, back when I was dancing in um, the ballet company uh, in the Gothenburg Opera in Sweden. So yeah, I, in rehearsal one day, doing this um, uh, pas de deux, uh, a duo dance, um, I got a really nice role, but then as we were rehearsing, it was just the beginning and then uh, something felt really wrong. Um, and then it was my, it felt more like shoulder, the right side of my chest, you know, I couldn't really, yeah, there was like that sort of nerve feeling So then I was um, diagnosed with two minor hernias um, in the neck. And yeah, I, 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 had to, I had to take time off. And, you know, it wasn't that sort of throbbing pain, but it was just like, uh, and I remember they have these trams, these, or they had these old trams in Gothenburg. And then I never realized how they would, they would, uh, when they stopped that there would be a jolt, but with the hernia, it was each time that they um, stopped, that would be so uncomfortable, really, really didn't feel great. So I did the conventional um, rehab uh, at a very good, uh, with a very good physio there. And yeah, a lot of strengthening, core stability, and I already didn't feel, I didn't enjoy doing conventional things. And somehow I felt, yes, it was necessary, but oh, I was, I didn't think that that was completely the way. It wasn't really solving the issue. But then actually it made this inner voice that I had even more um, apparent. It really came to the surface how I had always been insecure about myself as a dancer, my, my abilities. And um, I basically didn't know what I was doing. All I knew was that I was very good at faking um, things that if I, yeah, if I got, if I was uh, going into a deeper discussion with people, I would say that I'm rather a moving actor rather than a, a dancer because for me, yeah, technically I didn't really believe that I really knew how to move, to be the best. So I felt my, I had a lot of insecurity and doubts and um, that was confirmed when I went to my first Feldenkrais teacher. I had uh, read something about Feldenkrais. I've seen um, there's a dance teacher who teaches contact improv called Malcolm Manning, who um, I read his bio 
And I thought, okay, phone crisis, that's really interesting. He was teaching in Helsinki uh, and another school in Finland at that time. And when I went to my first uh, phone crisis teacher in Gothenburg, um, you know, after me talking for more than half an hour, then he said, let's do something. And then as I got onto the phone crisis table, then he said, oh, your ribs don't move when you breathe. And that opened up even more of that um, box of internal chatter, like, because it wasn't like, oh, really? I, I, I remember it so clearly that my first thought was what ribs? <gasps> because yeah, what ribs? And then we all know ab about the self-image, how following the phone quest method is really helping us to um, refine and complete, um, improve the self-image. And the ribs for me became, it just, it was something that I was very um, dubious about, if not conflicted, because people in, in my, my ballet teachers would tell me to put my ribs down. And, you know, a lot of people have gotten that cue in, yeah, in many Everyone. different um, settings. Yeah, ribs down, don't stick your ribs out, you know, be calm in the ribs, you know, don't um, move so much. And I remember even, even a ballet teacher in Hong Kong, she went to the ballet school in, um, Princess Grace Academy, I believe in Monaco. And she said, yeah, well, when we were there, we even had a teacher teaching us how to breathe so that we wouldn't move our ribs so much. So it doesn't look like we're heaving, you know, for, for better or for worse, but somehow in, you know, I don't blame the teachers. Now I'm taking responsibility and saying that I was, I was trying to be too good. So all these, you know, I would just lock my rib cage up and so another shout out to Thomas Kampe, a former teacher Kampe. in yes. the UK. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of us know him. So I looked him up and I flew to London um, to see him because I wanted to ask him if I would be ready for a Falling Christ training. And I remember doing a workshop and just uh, lying on your back and having your arms by your side and then just reaching or lengthening one arm out to the side and then seeing you know what was involved and I remember being stuck and it was this moment of you know just it was surprise it was frustration uh, so many different <laughs> emotions because I was like oh my goodness after so many years of dancing I have no idea how to move my arm, how to reach it. And then he you know, asked, does your, do your ribs have something to do with it? Does your, could your head roll? Can your neck move? And I was like, wow. Wow. This is, I, yeah. you know, how locked up was I in, and, and so unknowing of what my rib cage can do, how that relates to the mobility of the spine and, and um, yeah, he said, I think you're asking the right questions. And then that's how I got into, I jumped into a Falling Christ training. Because at that point, I was also like, you know, I, I think Falling Christ really saved my life because I was feeling dance as a threat. And I was so depressed. Think you have been training most of your life to do one thing. And that thing is slowly 
and sometimes not so slowly hurting you. Yes. And, but that's the only thing that you know. Yes. So, uh, you know, of course it has, it had passed uh, my mind to um, try and go for a Pilates certification, um, to teach yoga, but you know, nothing really resonated with me. And because I'm kind of greedy, I wanted, I, I want that very uh, comprehensive, <laughs> that's it, the, the, best. the thing, the, the best. La creme de la creme. Wait. Yeah. And uh, wow, I just did not know how amazing the method was. And, you know, we already had an amazing uh, chat before we started <laughs> recording. And I wanted to say that, like, um, Feldenkrais may not have all the answers. And I think the answer is in having the tools to find the, the, the answers for yourself and give you a lot of orientation. And that leads to inspiration. It was so inspirational yes. for me in the Feldenkrais training. And so often I would just be overcome by, by the, the, just the appreciation, the fascination of what we are and what we are capable yes. of. Yes. And in, in the small movements, when you can appreciate things, then it is, um, it, it's so deeply moving and powerful and beautiful. So, yeah, and, and then, you know, I like to tell people when I first teach them Feldenkrais that what we're about to do is something highly artistic. No matter if you have back pain, you have shoulder pain, you, know, you feel stuck, something, any reason why you come to Feldenkrais, but it's something very artistic. And, you know, this is um, sensual sessions, right? Yeah. So it is very sensual because if you can't, if you can't have that refined taste yes. of what you're doing, how are you going to have a refined um, reception and, and um, appreciation for the things around you? So, yeah, that's how I got into Feldenkrais and it has become a, a force for, you know, my artistic endeavors, whether it's in dance, on stage, or just working with people. Um, yeah, I think what we do is artistic. Yeah, it is. This, this appreciation of the nuances on the experience of the self, it's definitely artistic and is, it's singular to everyone. And you cannot put the experience of yourself in the hands of other being a partner, a dance teacher, or a boss that can only be in your hands. And this, what you describe process of self-knowledge is no one's responsibility, but oneself. And it's surprising um, to, to listen to, to your testimony of how being a ballet, professional dancer that has been trained like for your whole life 
were also trained to inhibit part parts of 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 yourself like not knowing the ribs i I am. I also come from ballet and from Graham technique, and mm. I believe no one have escaped from that tremendously harmful cue of closing the ribs, and it's it's perpetuated generation after generation and radiated to yoga and Pilates mm. and everywhere, and only few people have examined like like well, what happened. What happens if you don't breathe? <laughs> like, just like that. Mm. Well, if you don't breathe, say for one minute, maybe you will be there the next minute. But if you don't breathe, like for five minutes, for sure, you're not going to be here by, for the next hour. Like, like, breathing is the first and the last act of life. Mm. And it's tremendous to deal with a physical constraint externally mm -hmm. imposed that limits the quality of, of our breathing. And as we, as we know, we have our skeletons here. We are super anatomy nerds, for, but for the sensualists that are workaholic and are nerds in law and their own nerdiness, I just want to tell you that the part of the lungs where you can breathe the most is the lower lungs. So you really need to flare and open the lower ribs like to be healthy. So, so our experience of being like trained to not move the ribs in ballet can also translate to what we in society live of trying to fit into a certain mold of external validation that threatens, if not your life, it do threatens mm -hmm. your optimal being and living. And it's, it's a perpetuated, unexamined uh, mindset of detaching the awareness of yourself and placing the authority of yourself on another person as if the other person or anyone could know more about you than what you can know. So it's very important, I feel, that we do what Paul did, <laughs> take back hmm. the agency on yourself and look for, for people that, that can really lead you to, to know more about your body and, and to, wow, experience how you move your ribcage, reaching your arms and become more aware of, of the nuances and wonders that you essentially are. And <laughs> speaking of, of which, well, you know, yeah, tell us. Mm -hmm. um, sorry uh, for cutting you off, but uh, I, I think there's also so much that you have mentioned that really points to the deeper um, the deeper meaning of movement, the importance, the deeper importance of, of movement. And you mentioned, you know, having your own authority, not giving it to others. But um, I think my definition of sensuality or my, my feeling of sensuality really comes from watching the Chinese woman around me growing up where I would say 
sensuality is also very synonymous with flexibility. Yes. And it's and it's smile first and then accept and then act. Or to because as you you know, I think Feldenkrais has also see, made me see how everything is also okay. That what uh, I remember teaching at the Royal uh, uh, Swedish Ballet School. And then I, I taught them an awareness through movement lesson. And then uh, one of the teachers, she decided to just observe. And then after we, we did the whole lesson, people stood up, shared a bit. She said, it is so fascinating how you teach by asking questions, asking people to, to question. And I remember thinking, wow, I am so deep down in this Feldenkrais world that that, <laughs> that was just second nature to me. That was like, I didn't even think that it was something remarkable worth noting, but yeah. Um, and so I, I think this thing, so, so Feldenkrais really taught me to see that even what we label as bad habits must have helped us somehow in I think a lot of times it's in our expression to be safe in in the world, you know, to rigidify in or it, 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 it you know everyone is so much about like releasing, releasing, and I I, I love how uh, you know I really got this from several uh, Feldenkrais trainers and specifically Jeremy Krauss. He's like, well, you know, and and I think Jeff Haller also says that a lot, like to just relax and release that's that, that that's like you can't really get anywhere right it is and I think that so sensuality is also to have elasticity to say yes yes and yes so I can hold my ribs down because they're but then for me it has become the understanding to go into the appreciation of oh if I close the ribs then my chin can come forward I can do the pecking movement which is one of the grand discoveries I think of from Feldenkrais that I don't think it is addressed so specifically in in other methods you know how it's not always about the long spine you know, that you need to be able to jut your chin forward, you know, as if you're kissing someone or in, in Graham, I think it's so much about that. Yeah. So, so um, I, I, so everything you were saying, I, I, all, I was also like, yes, it's true. But the opposite also seems to be true that now I'm also appreciating the, 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 um, the function of, whatever right so to breathe yes from the ribs yeah but then also I'm appreciating how when you do a lot of pelvic floor work or it's not a lot sorry but just to have an awareness of your pelvic floor gives you that whole it, it, it feels like it, it, you go into the center of the earth sometimes right yes. you have that much more to go down and and then I realized oh I have been actually straining my, my, my ribs so much to get, to get air in, but actually it can be something very quiet that happens below that also changes my, my whole state of emotions and stuff. So, so back to sensuality, I think it, 
um, what I really see is this flexibility to smile first and always give a little bit of a spiral, you know, not to be just face on with your, with, with your stance, but, you know, just to have a little smile, have a little chuckle inside, be like, okay, that's what you believe. Let's see if the opposite is also true. And so in, in having that, I feel that you're always in a place of power. Yes. And in the martial arts, you know, I, I really see it in literal physical terms, where in a lot of the martial arts, it's about spiraling, you know, because you sort of always you're ready to escape or to enter and attack. And so I feel with that philosophy, which, you know, it's also through doing Feldenkrais that I go back to honor and um become more thankful for my my Chinese culture in having this more spirally wavy kind of um, approach because I think that that is ultimately um, the most powerful to be like water um, to, be, to be like yeah. water <laughs> yes sensuality has to do with flexibility and freedom as you say so it's an ability to dance between apparent contradictory opposites that can actually be polarity because framed like this, closing the ribs and not moving them requires a very specific organization of the body of the core that you can even enjoy. Like mm -hmm. it can be pleasurable, to wear a really tight corset, like Victorian corset, and being all tight in the center and having a very narrow space to breathe, <laughs> it, it forces your, your body to organize in a certain way. And if you add to that configuration high heels, then something has to happen in the hips very visibly to compensate for the narrow stability base. And the neck has to behave in a certain yeah. way. And that leads to a, to a full organization to the body, which can be pleasurable. And it's important that it's part of a deliberate doing, like you mentioned, like smile first, then accept, and then act. Like really, yeah. really check in, in yourself if you're for it. And also having other alternatives as being outside of the corset and mobilizing your ribs and and having that alternative so you have the opportunity to choose and and that means like like being the effector of your experience and the expression of your experience that is sensuality and not only being like the um, fetishist object of the choreographer. Here in Mexico, it, the, the name of the career was Bailarina Ejecutante. So it's like an executive dancer. Exec so uh, yeah, like very executive. Executing. Like, mm -hmm. uh -huh, executing, like, yeah, like if, yeah. if you're like in a Fortune 500 company and you better want mm. the CEO to be executive of the of the interests of of the board members <laughs> that are making the yeah. money, no? So you yeah, executive. Yeah. 
so yeah it is good yeah. if you're aligned mm -hmm. in, in that organization of the choreographer etc but what if also you add from from your experience into the full dance that is going on being it a real dance <laughs> or being it, it um an organizational movement in uh, in your work or in your family meeting that can get very interesting those christmas <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah it's it's sensuality can be a, a more participative way to being forth in mm. the world yeah It's really fun talking to you because as you're speaking, I feel that there is um, a certain structure that keeps in inspiring me to see these different images. So I, I'm going to kind of fuse two things together. Yes. We, you know, so I, I love how you're called Centro de Poder because it sensuality is so much about having power but then it doesn't necessarily come in the form of hardness of being you know a train just like running at full speed and and, and you know um, charging into things but there is a very almost scary silence that can be power it is a softness it is that that is is that is flexible it's adaptable ready to strike but always you know energy consuming and it's also sort of very regenerative so as you were talking about the you know um how you can derive pleasure in in being confined in a corset and then adding that high heels and that's this is my strategy, you know, the smile already helps me slip and slide a bit away from that situation. And I can see my, my mom, my mom and the legions of women um, in that, in that, I don't know, it, they don't even have to be Chinese, but you know, it's like, I can see my mom just sort of like, okay, you, you, you make me, you put me into this position, I'm allowing you to, and I'm going to deal with it brilliantly. Yes. I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you make me suffer. I'm going to turn this into pleasure. And I think that that's also very much the, the, the <sighs> judo spirit and flexibility that, that Father Christ, I know, like, as we're talking about it, can't you just feel these waves? Right? Because you're taking, oh, <laughs> But I, I just feel it's so empowering because when yes. you know how to move better, you can you can transform yourself to at least make the situation better. The situation might not be great, but it will be better. And then before you hit the record button, you were telling me about your amazing Pilates um, past, your Pilates history. And then behind you, you have the, is it called the tower? It is called the kinky apparatus. No, kidding. It's the Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So then you were saying how Joseph Pilates, you know, set up this frame so that people would can do things and then still feel free. And then I was like, oh, immediately, I think this is a theme that comes from, you know, following Christ with learning through constraints, building flexibility through constraints. But then it's also my theme whenever I am in the studio working with dancers. It's like, how do we find the freedom from limitations? And I was just like, you know, I can just see like these Feldman Christ lessons being done or like having very mindful movements in this Pilates uh, structure and just saying like, yes, this frame, but look how much I can find of myself just you know, existing in this and thank goodness there's a frame as well. It's like the frame is not a bad thing. The frame is giving me a shape to come back to, to go away from, to be me, to be it, to be together, you know, then you can spiral off. So I I was just thinking again, how it's so, it's so necessary to, to, yeah, to, to, to see sensuality as being this animal, staying lubricated in many different situations. You know, it, it gets sexual, but it's sensual. It is life force. So I'm totally about that. And, and, and going even a bit further when you're saying how so many people, you know, that we landed on how many, how often we, we hear the cue of put your, putting your ribs down holding your ribs you know I I think um, I'm excited to teach ballet in in my way is because it's so much about breaking the anxiety the patterns of anxiety that have existed for so long because the teachers I want to give them the benefit of the doubt I think everyone wants to help and like sometimes a concerned parent the teacher's like I just need to give them something that they can hold on to that is easy that will help them in in many situations hold your ribs yeah hold your ribs and then it's and as you said it was not deeply examined so then it feels like it's 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 a prison yes and so I think Feldman Christ has has again, given me this way of saying, okay, let me take the responsibility to look deeper into this. What's good about holding the ribs and what is also good about letting the ribs move. Yes. So I think when I'm teaching and I'm really happy, uh, I'll be teaching in Latvia. No, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to be teaching in Lithuania. Um, uh, in Vilnius uh, in August, they've asked me to teach um, contemporary ballet they call it and the whole wor- word contemporary also is is something to unpack but I'm like what values are you coming into this ballet class with because you uh, my my exercises my choreography I don't think is is uh you know creme de la creme but your approach to the propositions can be so stellar and and um just elite of a very elite artistic and human level and that's what makes a contemporary dance right 
and, and it's not about breaking rules and being a rebel, but it's saying what is relevant to me. How can I approach this tendu, you know, this balance? Do you see balance as something that needs to stay forever? Or is it something that is in passing? It is something like a good um, hors d'oeuvre, right? It's something that you get a taste of and then mm, it's gone. And then you keep on giving that. So so I think that again, yes. how, 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 like this appreciating the knowledge of yourself to move better, it, 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 it is helping to clear away a lot of those um, patterns from society, from our cultures that for better, for worse have tried to help us, but sometimes, you know, they get, perpetuated and they just become a walls you know that yeah constrictions just like you said the appreciate appreciation of yourself will give you the discernment to choose and have authority on yourself and responsibility for yourself and the possibility of reframing the mm -hmm. limitations and even the impositions where you were put into, into something that you can accept and then do something with them. Because we are, we now that we are very free and rebel and nerdy and curious, we want to go outside the box, break the box, destroy the box, but the box, in the first place, gave us safety, gave us contention. It's like, just imagine if we wouldn't have skin, like the intestines would be like hanging around everywhere. So <laughs> the box, the limitations, the corset, the rules, yeah. even, even judgments worth yeah. some things where you could hold on or at least have as reference as you navigated reality and life. But mm -hmm. once you know what they are, or once you know how are you operating within certain uh, constraints imposed um, or accepted, you can do things about that and you can use them as support yeah. and you can choose like, okay, in this moment, I need this restriction and also I am I am in the church. I am not gonna go all octopus walking down on, on a ceremony of the wedding of someone else, no? Like it's the wedding of the other person, <laughs> not my ascending moment. And also like when it's your ascending moment, like like everyone's watching your dance, like that's your moment to to go do your thing. And, and have that, that discernment, but, but comes exactly from, from, I remember Moses telling that one always need to have three options, like, like to go from mm -hmm. your home to the, like to the airport. Like what if there is mm -hmm. a march and you cannot go through, through the quickest way? Well, you should like, have an, a longer way and if that is close maybe the walking way or the physical way or go to another country and 
and come from 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 this yeah. side because if you have only two options then you're dealing with an ultimatum like love me or leave me or let me be lonely like i don't know if it was mm. ella fitzgerald that sent but well yeah we we oh. want we want options because flexibility is about options but also we need mm. the contention because otherwise how would if you're running a marathon it can be a hard context to become aware of the subtle movement mm. between your ribs no mm -hmm. so constraints also open way for the refinement in the nuances and it made me think of the chinese woman you grew with would you tell us a little mm. bit more about how was their movement mm, it, I, i think it's a whole it, it plays out in a beautiful video in my mind um if i were to make a video collage one day it, i think it would be quite amazing but it's snippets from um you know my mom i see my aunts playing uh mahjong and a lot of it comes from also seeing the um the watching the women in kung fu movies um in also you know the fairies in the Chinese fairies, they're always like floating on clouds and the way that they move, you know, it's feet first, pelvis, and then the head sort of trails. So there's something very seaweedy and it, it's quite flirtatious. And it was funny to note that having lived uh, abroad for so many years and then revisiting some of these films and then, and these, these uh, snippets of, Chinese dancers and I'm like wow that is overtly flirtatious oh, and for a society that is yeah but for a society that is known to the world as being very conservative I was like this is very daring you know and so it's the leaning of the head a lot and so it, I, I just love um the the crisscrossing curves all the time. And it's very Tyra Banks. I always have to bring her in there because I feel it's so scientific what she said in a photo, you need to just have the angles dance, you know? So you have to give these opposing um, angles and then you'll get something very visually effective. And that was also something I worked with, uh, with my director and um, uh, choreographer, Uh, in Bremen in Germany you know he he calls it like having uh, dimension being graphic in space so I think that that has also uh, validated and uh, helped my work as a Feldenkrais teacher as well as a facilitator in general because like if we could um, if we could see ourselves as artistic beings, which means that we have options. And when we have options, not only do we have freedom, we have freedom to play. Yes. Then it, that is so central. I mean, you, you, you know, you said how to dance with uh, limitations or something before. And the dance in that, in that context is very powerful. I think for every day um, that, you know, 
I have to admit, I'm not always the most secure person. I might come across that way. But if I have fun in the moment like this, and I can just play with the shoulders, um, the opposing head, neck, um, then, then you have something, you know, you have another layer that you're buzzing at, even while you're having this conversation. And it's just, I don't know, it, it's just joy. It's, it's, it's fun. Yes. So, yeah, I, I think that that's, you know, when we see ourselves as artistic beings, it is, it, then we would want those options. And sensuality is not something you aim for. You just, you just become it. Yes. So I, I notice that a lot in what I've seen in Chinese um, women. And I find that it is so very intuitively, I, I, I've always been drawn to um, that female energy, if you can call it, um, since I was young, because I think I had always been captured by strength. And I said that way of being more wavy, of being, you know, more yielding is actually the stronger individual that the person, you know, the one who is symmetrical in front of you like this, I, I, it, I just don't buy it. And I don't want to be on that team. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, sensuality talks about strength and natural strength that comes from, from taking the space, allowing ourselves to take the space for this playfulness and this um, expressive, authentic expression that is not... Um, pre-rehearsed, but rather responding to the edge of the now that is the present, mm -hmm. that is responsive. And therefore, it's very strong because it's, it's attuned yeah. to what's going on, to maybe to the, to the precise note of the melody, if you're dancing, or mm -hmm. maybe to the precise unexpected change in your surroundings if you're a hunter and this is this is a way that that we know because it's in our body it's it's in our nature and also like having this inner support and place to hold on that is mm. how we organized in the gravity field. Because the, the Pilates yeah. apparatus is wonderful because it, it makes a, a frame of support that temporarily substitutes the, the support that you ha should have within yourself while, we, while you connect to it. And again, it your trailer with the, the snippets of of elegant Chinese, Chinese woman. Um, it's also playing in my mind already, and I feel that especially <laughs> looking at us, listening at us, it also already is because it's like like not an apparent strength, not 
a faked strength or a pretense, no. but rather the, the, the real deal. And yeah. It's like it's embodied. It, it's embodied. Yeah. It's, it's in your flesh. And I want to counter connect this with the insecurity that we were talking about in the beginning because I don't know if there's a way to not become insecure after being taught by teachers that haven't examined their teachings mm -hmm. and having to comply. And this, this must happen also in like between the lawyers or the football players or whatever. Like this is a society, people-pleasing society that we live that is rooted on insecurity and I get a feeling that the insecurity is rooted on precisely on the other person that actually, if you are really conscious about the other people are really worried with their problems and they are not so concerned about you. <laughs> so it's like, like um, mm. an illusion of, yeah, or of having the external authority operating. But once you come into the sense of yourself and your movement mm -hmm. and your grounding and feel supported by, by your own means, mm -hmm. then, then the world is yours. Then comes this, this confidence, but not like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm confident. I'm number one. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's rather an animal confidence. A, a life force confidence that can can go to the essential and to the sexual, but also can go into the enjoying uh, a flower because such is life and life force and its movement. So, you know, what I really like about um, us being Father Christ teachers is that those beautiful experiences are very attainable through very concrete practical means and you know um the insecurity of people and even i when i feel insecure i start looking at how i'm moving or not moving and then i'm like ah oh, but it's something very physical if i never allow my hip joints to really come over my 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 feet and i don't really become um erect and uh, meaning like uh as tall as i can be then of course i always feel a little bit like i'm about to retreat and that doesn't give me that sensation of of security you know stuff like that i, I like how with phone christ lessons it's really about can you move in this way can you move your pelvis in these different ways can you then like uh move one shoulder forward one shoulder back so you're really going through the options and it's an education yes. that in the end it just you your nervous system i think uh craves craves better organization um, most of the time uh, when it sees fit. And then, you know, you just have more knowledge to embody this confidence. So one, um, so I, I, I kind of like being this problem solver. So what happened was I was watching RuPaul's Drag Race very early on in the day. Spectacular. You know that show? Yeah. Yeah. 
course. So bulking all this drag queen. <laughs> and then you would hear a lot of them talk about their insecurities. And then I remember seeing a few and I said, well, of course you feel insecure because you don't know how to move in a stable way. And then it's great that they find a way of being quirky, you know, to and create that as their, um, use that right. as their strength. But then I was like, oh, I wish one day I could go to RuPaul's Drag Race and be the Falmon Christ teacher, give them a few of these awareness through movement lessons, and then say, now go into your heels, get into your makeup and see how you will do things differently and you will feel different. So I think it's, you know, it, it's um, these concrete tools that we can give that will lead them to identify and then inhabit some of their blind spots to, to shine light into the blind spot and say, hey, look, you could you actually have more options, more possibilities. Now play, now be even more fabulous. Yes. So, yes. yeah. Yeah, now play, now yeah. be even more fabulous. Yeah, I, I like a lot this embracing being an artistic being. And not only like when one is dancing or making a molding clay thingy or something that you think it's art, but it depends on this the This is your clay to mold. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. are the clay. <laughs> but like we are artistic on our creative expression moment my moment that can be the way your grandmother lift lift the cup of tea and do this jutting movement organized from the chin to to the rib cage and the way he she lets the the tea slips inside her throat and her experience like that that is is an art on its way of doing. And that takes me to, to the openness of the curiosity for the unknown that is at every sip in your cup of tea, at every breath you take. And it that curiosity and openness is something that you can learn when you have a good teacher like Paul that teaches or, or Thomas you. Camp and Thomas, oh, thank you, and Thomas Camper that teaches through questions because in that way you also learn to talk yourself through questions rather than through aggressive commands and impositions like, like in ballet, like close your ribs. That's an order, and that's an order I received mm -hmm. from Pilates teachers also. And that, that's a radical different approach to, to give a straight command. Then there's no space for decision. You have not three choice, not two, not, not one. And whereas if you ask yourself like, okay, how am I feeling? How, how does the tea taste? Is it good for me? How am I moving? Am I feeling balanced or am I enjoying the unbalanced? How does this expression of me feels to me, which is very different. It's, it's in the first place, it's a respectful way of teaching. It's a respectful way of learning and it's a respectful and honoring way of 
teaching yourself to learn from reality as it, it unfolds moment by moment. And yeah, it's, it's wonderful. This, this is something that you for sure can learn in the Feldenkrais method. With Paul, I am, I am a Bones for Life, which is applied Feldenkrais um, oh, yeah. teacher. Yeah, the the Huti Alon's uh, style, but no. still, it's it it comes Amazing. from from Feldenkrais, and it's something that I I one hundred percent recommend. So, Paul, would you share with us a little process, movement, exercise, poem, thingy? of two, three, five, ten minutes, so we can get like a sensual or a awareness, pleasurable taste mm -hmm. of what we have just talked about. Well, okay, let's see. Um, I think since we spoke about the ribs, one of my, I'll share one of my go-to uh, sort of, aha uh, things so when you how do you feel sensual um and i think one of the ways because i like to think that there are many is that you don't have your head perfectly straight right so what um can really help is to just have a little tilt in your head so then you can see that you can tilt the head a bit to the right and a little bit to the left. And yeah, you wanna go at a speed where you can kind of taste the movement and it's something that feels nice. Yeah, and then now when you do this, are you just thinking about bending in the neck or just do your shoulders? One Does one come up, one go down? Do you do anything any bending in your ribs, your chest. So you would take your hand, you can put it on the top of your head or you can wrap it to the uh, opposite temple. So this is the right hand holding the left temple and you just help your head bend a bit more to the right and then you come back. And then so you can see that when you keep your hand attached to the head and you want to bend lower, you start thinking about the right, you feel the right elbow. And how would you get the right elbow just a bit lower? And then you'll see that you have to start bending in your chest. And to just expedite the process, you can actually take your left hand and hold the ribs on the right side of your chest. And you just move the ribs on the right towards the left. So you actually help your chest bend and then you'll feel that your right elbow can go a bit lower, your head can bend a bit lower. Yeah. So I think hmm, you're finding <laughs> this dragon or snake of your spine actually being able to bend more globally, right? And then the left hand is just reminding, giving you a feeling of the right ribs that they can close a bit. And then you 
sort of let the left side of your chest protrude to the left. And so the appreciation comes from all the different details. And this is easy to see that there's sort of a um, consequence of bending the head to the right, the left shoulder would come a bit higher, the right shoulder down. And when you start appreciating that, you're like, oh, you're telling your brain, look at that, sense that, feel that, enjoy that. And then you might be able to go a bit further. So then you just take your hand away and just notice how you are sitting and where do you want to be? Like where, and I call this the effect after doing Valmond Christ, the cycle of self-inspiration. You're like, now what do you want to do? Like, I just kind of want to do this. Does your head want to turn to the right? Is it turning to the left easier? How is your breathing? Right. And then, yeah. So you could just walk up. Uh, stand up and then walk away and then have this asymmetry, you know, going somewhere. Yeah. Maybe you feel it's just easier to bend. Well, if we go back to the beginning, if you bend your head to the right and then to the left and see if it's just easier towards the side that we were bending to, or sometimes what happens is that it's easier to go in the opposite direction. So we can do the other side have the left hand holding the right temple. And then you start very gently bending the head to the left. So I had a bit of a stutter there because I was thinking how to relate to sensuality. And, you know, the idea of self-love comes when, when you would think, how would you treat a lover or someone you love? You know, that maybe you're not bending your own head, but someone the head of someone you really like. And so how can you find that gentleness, that subtle sensitivity? And you can help with the um, right hand holding the left ribs, encouraging the left ribs to move to the right, feel the right shoulder that comes up. Mm. And so you're not just forcing the neck, you're not like commanding, but you're like, how can, I help out by getting more people, more parts moving. Oh. So then let's do something a bit different here. So the next time you bend your head to the left, just stay there. And can you lift your left um, sitting bone, the left side of your pelvis a little bit off the chair and doesn't have to be a bit. And then you see that when you lift the left sitting bone, your head bends a bit more, right? And then you just come back up with the head and you place the left sitting bone down again. And then just try to combine the left sitting bone coming up with the head bending to the left and allow the right side of your chest to elongate, to even bulge out to the right, the left ribs close more. So you're doing this all softly. So the ask, you're asking, oh, can more joints along your spine be involved with this bending? And then just one more time. To the left, lift that left sitting bone to the degree that it's helpful to find this C curve in your spine. And then let that go. 
that's how you feel after doing that. Yeah. And if you were to think that there is this moving water in you, is it easier to sort of stir or just yield to the waves of the water inside the, the volume of your torso, your chest, and can you actually move with your imagination, your, your fantasy, your desire, your pleasure. So that's a, yeah. So maybe just short, short, if you just put both hands on the top of your head, you can interlace the fingers or just place them one on top of the other. I like interlacing the fingers. And can you lift one sitting bone? So let's lift the right one since we didn't do that and see how is it to lift the right sitting bone off the chair. And do you notice that there's a slight tilt of the elbow? So which elbow would is moving downwards or would be easier to move down in the direction of the floor? Yeah. So then you can play with that. You can either just keep doing the sitting bone, lifting the right one, and then feeling the effects on the right elbow that would probably go down. Or you can actually help the right elbow go down even more as you lift the right sitting bone. And then you'll see that these movements go together and you're involving the ribs, which means the right side of your rib cage would get shorter. It would, yeah, the ribs would come more together and then the ribs on the left side get a chance to open and fan out. And then you can alternate now, come back to the center and start lifting the left sitting bone and see how does this tilt the elbows. So now perhaps the left elbow, it feels this open gateway to droop down towards the floor. So your head bends to the left and you can pay attention to many things, your left eye, your right ear, where are they in space? And you're lifting the left sitting bone. And now you just alternate. And I think the key is to sort of be in this very smooth space where you transition easily. Yeah. So you have that choice of taking it from the sitting bones and because you lift one sitting bone, one elbow drips down, one elbow floats up, or you can do this from one elbow, you're bringing it down and the other one you bring it up and then you just help with your sitting bone to fulfill that. Yeah. And isn't it that there's just so much of ourselves actually to to taste, to savor, that you can be here for quite a long time. Yes. And you're like, wow. Wow. This is me. This is me. This is me. Yes. And imagine with that attitude, just how you treat other people. Yeah. Appreciation so, yeah. for oneself. <sighs> so when you're ready, just let that go. And how do you feel sitting here? Where do you want to go? with this yeah so it's always nice to just stand up walk because that's really one of the um 
main things that we do in life um, or what, you know, move. I always think that there should be an event where you do Feldman Christ and you go into a club and you dance it yes. out <laughs> to your yes. favorite music. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, just see where you can carry your head. How many lines are you expressing through the axis from the axis of your face, your head, and how your shoulders, ribs, pelvis, sitting bones, all are, are dancing, 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 dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> so much essential deliciousness yeah. of movement. It's amazing how pleasurable it is to exist like when, when you really think, oh, yeah like, mia. yeah like let, let's just be like Persian cats <laughs> very busy with the bliss <laughs> of existence <laughs> yeah oh. we, we have all these I, I really feel <laughs> yeah yeah go ahead go ahead yeah. we, we have all these wondrous experience, unique and fleeting experience of being alive. And we did like, what, five minutes, maybe 10 minutes of your movement, Paul. And that was enough like to, to bring us back to, to this, to this pleasure, to this sensing that is being. So let's, Let's not waste more time suffering without a reason. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's come for uh, life with, with our full sensing and with the best of life <laughs> and the best of ourselves. Yes. Oh. Like another, you, you just, uh, thank you for putting all that into words. It's just really, really invigorating to hear because I, I just feel that another way to describe um, Fallen Christ practitioners, it's like we're sort of food bloggers and we're not, but we're not, we're not writing about uh, the, the, the next best uh, restaurant in the city, in the world. It's like, we have this, um, this enthusiasm to tell people, oh my gosh, it tastes amazing, you know? It's you. Did you know that you taste so delicious and wonderful? I, I want to help you taste that. And, and that's, that's what I got, you know. Yeah, you're, like, you, you're, so. you're the best dish in the full galaxy. And have, don't, don't disregard it. Like, don't, don't throw it to the pigs. <laughs> like, like this is the most, this is the outcome of an uninterrupted line of life since <laughs> the beginning of life itself. Like your body, your flesh is the outcome of all the won battles of your ancestors. That's, that's who and what you are, despite what your boss, mm -hmm. neighbor, and everyone says. Like, really? <laughs> this... And yeah, it's a matter of of being realistic <laughs> to say the truth. 
stressful. This has been an exquisite, essential session. Really appreciate it. Tell us how can we know more about your work and where can, can we find you in the interwebs? Yeah, so I have a website, uh, com. So it's plural, Paul's Film and Christ Projects. Um, thinking about changing it soon, but anyways, um, for now. And then on Instagram, I am at Paul underscore moves. So if you type that in, I think you'll see Paul moves there. So, so yeah. go, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, just get in touch because um, sometimes I don't know what to do, how to channel all this enthusiasm. So I'm open for um, for some propositions and just to hear from people. So, yeah. Yeah. So go find Paul at Paul underscore moves in Instagram and his website that I'll link here below. Learn from him check on his material. He's amazing as you have checked, known here. <laughs> thank you so much, Paul. It's been a great pleasure, uh, really. And thank you for creating this space, really. I think it's amazing what you do. And wow, I, you know, we also need people like you to just um, support us all and linking us. So yeah. thank you. Really appreciate your work too. Thank you so much. And yes, essentialist, take the time to sense your fire, like like with this exercise, so you can share the flame. Like we are sharing with you what have been shared to us. So keep the fire, the light shining bright and enjoy what you are, who you are, and come forth to the world confidently. Give your, your best, your fire creatively completely free so yes if you haven't already subscribed to, to the essential sessions like go right now to centraldepoder.com and sign up to to get more like these episodes they're delivered weekly on your inbox and until then see you take care